Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the podcast that goes, uh, I mean, hey, welcome to another episode of Excalibros. Snick. <laughs> oh, and the tables have turned. The tables have turned. So, in case you, you haven't noticed, we have a special guest on today. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, uh, my name is Jason, and uh, I have a podcast called The Podcast That Goes Snicked about Wolverine that uh, Georgie and Dan are on pretty frequently, and so now I'm I'm coming and invading their show for an episode. We're happy to have you. Or are we, since uh, what we're talking about is probably one of your most hated characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, I felt really honored to be asked to come on. And I'm invading to say Oh yeah, hello. Just said hi. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, so I felt really honored that y'all invited me on, and then I was thinking, well, what's my least favorite concept of '80s X-Men? Mojo. What's my second least favorite concept of '80s X-Men? X-Babies. <laughs> so two for two. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see how that plays into my enjoyment of this issue. So. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I, I turned around, maybe I didn't. We'll see. <laughs> I was reading this yesterday, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, Jason. I feel so bad. <laughs> well, I guess I guess turnabout is fair point, because Georgie pointed out on Twitter that uh, you guys had come on to my show to talk about ex-babies before, so I kind of figured this is a revenge move. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we have to, every time there's an ex-babies issue, we need to get together to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So, Jason, you, you're so kind to have us on your show, uh, you know, once every other week or once a month to talk X-Men. Um, so we don't really get to talk about Excalibur or Exiles very much with you. So I just, right. you know, want to sort of get your thoughts on maybe both teams and, you know, any standout issues or characters you've been enjoying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so a little bit um, not not to jeopardize my nerd cred, but... um. So the recent read-through I've been doing in concurrence with my flashbacks and then listening to y'all's show is the first, it's my first time to ever read the original Excalibur or the 2000 Exiles. Um, so all of this brand new to me. Um, you know, it's funny because I've pretty much been lock and step with you guys on Excalibur. Um, I just love how nutso it is. Uh, Alan Davis is definitely the star of the show. And, you know, it was really fun for me because having not read it, I don't really know why I didn't. I just didn't as a kid. But um, it really, it fills that hole that I was missing from when, Kenny to some degree, but especially Nightcrawler leaving Uncanny, you know, in my, my childhood reading, they were just gone and I never really ever know what happened to them. And so now I'm kind of picking up this book now has been really fun to see kind of their journey, continued development. Um, you know, Nightcrawler being my second favorite X-Men to, to Wolverine. Um, you know, it's been really cool to kind of catch up with what, what happened to him in those kind of dark years. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm anxious to see, uh, cause you guys are about to get to the, uh, the, I guess the infamous cross time capers. So I'm really curious to see how that strikes you guys. Um, you know, I, I, I find that Excalibur, to me, is really, really good. The only kind of drawback, I think, that suffers a little bit from 
some Claremontism is it is occasionally a little bloated, sure. um, as as Claremont is apt to do from time to time. Um, especially because I feel like as much kind of power and control as he had in X Men, I feel like in Excalibur there are no boundaries or mandates and he can kind of be as claremont as he wants to be at all times um right so, which has its so ups and downs yeah 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 definitely definitely uh, both sides of the coin um i will say as far as exiles not having any of the nostalgic thing i, I found it to be a fair book i like it but don't love it um I think some of it is visually. It doesn't really appeal to me as much. Um, but it has been interesting to see some of the new characters. I'm actually, where y'all are on the show, I think has a lot more potential. I'm really curious to see how they interact with the other team. Uh, I guess the, the Weapon X team that y'all just covered. Um, and that, to me, overall, just plot-wise, is probably my favorite issue of that early group so far. So I'm really anxious and excited to kind of see where it goes, if it can build some more momentum and character work. The only thing that kind of bugs me about the show, and y'all have alluded to, or not sorry about the show, about the series. Wow. Hard nothing, criticism right off the bat. Nothing about, yeah, nothing about the show bugs me. <laughs> uh, about the series, and, and y'all alluded to this a little bit, is that I kind of feel like uh, Judd Winnick cheats a little bit in that you know it's what you know it's funny because in uh 60s marvel which i'm also doing a read-through on that there's a lot of times when they say and thor back from his recent adventure and it's something we didn't read but it was kind of cool but it wasn't important right it was just it just kind of gave the sense that thor was always doing something and you didn't have to see it all and you don't need to see it all, but I feel like in the, this Exiles book, there's really important things that happen on these missions we don't see. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's just like, oh, by the way, they were off doing this other world and, you know, miscarriage. But, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll gloss it over. Um, <laughs> and so, and I, I feel like there's, there's several times in the dozen or so issues that I've read so far when they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, um, uh, we need to change this. And it happened while you weren't looking. All right, go. <laughs> but, um, but no, I would say I would say I, I enjoy the book, but don't love it yet. But I'm, I'm curious to see how it grows on me, because I think it is moving in a more story-driven direction and maybe a little more character development, I'm hoping. So hopefully that will kind of bear fruit. Um, and then... To end my ramble, as far as the new Exiles book, um, love it. Um, cannot agree with you guys more. That's just super high quality. The, the writing's been pretty fantastic. Uh, all but one issue of the art. So both art teams with Javier Rodriguez and uh, Rod Rice have both been just some of the visual highlights of the year, I think, in comic books. Um, so, yeah, I really, really love that book. Um I'm nervous about it, <laughs> but um, just I don't I don't know how much life it has left, but I've really really enjoyed it so far. Cool. Well, speaking of which, uh, it was sort of leaked this week that issue twelve is going to be the final issue for oh, uh, okay. the new Exiles. It was uh, Javier's last issue, but it's going to be the end of the book as well. Yeah, end of the book. Yeah, oh. unfortunately. Oh, oh. That is a bummer. Yeah, and I'm sure Dan and I will talk more about that next week uh, when we right. actually. You know, talk about the uh, 
the, the normal lineup. But this week, we're here for a special uh, Excalibur Mojo Mayhem. Um, uh, previous listeners to the podcast that goes SNCC will, will note that the X-Babies first appeared uh, as the original X-Men who were de-aged. Um, <laughs> when they were sent to the Mojoverse or after they were sent? I don't remember exactly. During. Yeah. During. I, I want to say Power Pack made uh, an appearance in an audience watching them. And it was it was all yeah. kinds of awkward. <laughs> Ooh, we haven't even got to awkward yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the fun fact is we're, we're recording this in December, and we're reading it in December, and it was released in December of 1989. Oh, so, nice. Nice. So it's, like, it's like, what, 29 years ago? Oh, so, Jesus. <laughs> so, it, it has aged. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not even going to say well or badly. It's just aged. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's it's a bumper issue. Which I generally don't understand how this was released. Was this just like an annual or something? Because it feels like it was just randomly dropped in there. By the way, here's a here's an annual that Chris Claremont wanted to do one day. I wonder how popular I, the X Babies were at the time. If there was like a, a call to get more of them out, so they they made this issue. I feel like there was, but it seems like a weird place to stick them if that's the case. Like, yeah. you would think if there was a really like big clamor, it would have showed up in Uncanny or in the actual Excalibur book. You know, I didn't talk about this on my podcast. For one, I don't necessarily know that I wanted to, but also I didn't even know about it until you guys asked me to come on the show. So, I mean, I, I have a feeling it was probably easily missed. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if, if there was a wild, like, we need more X-Babies, it seems like maybe they could have found somewhere else to put them besides a... A book that maybe some people read. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but and it's interesting they put him in the Excalibur book, and to the detriment of most of the Excalibur team, who are kind of absent for three fourths of the pages. <laughs> right, right, right. But uh, yes. Anyway, um, who who are um, the creatives here, Dan? Oh well, the creatives in my book. Um, obviously, Chris Claremont is the writer, and we have Arthur Adams the penciler. We have Terry Austin, Bob Wycheck, and Co. It literally just says and co as Incas. Oh boy. So, wow. Well, that, you know, that explains a lot actually. Yeah. <clears throat> We've got um I think that might be a misprint. Because they both have the same surname, but Jade Modi and Tom Modi, but I think it's Tom I just so I can't say his name. I can't say his last Jukowski? name at all. Yeah, that's the one. So I think in mine <laughs> it's a misprint. But they're the letters and then... Um, my my favorite colorer who hasn't been coloring very well in the last couple issues, but Glennis Oliver, um, she's back to color color this time. But I generally feel like the color work. Well, we'll talk about the color work because there are issues <laughs> upon issues. <laughs> um, but yes, I don't know how you want to tackle it because usually, as as our listeners know, we we go through it page by page, dissecting it like a rotten corpse on a slab. Um, <laughs> Yes, Excalibur um, Autopsy. And usually, usually that's, we, that's the we, subtitle we, of your show. It should be, pretty yeah. much. The Mojo X, X, X Experiment. Um, <laughs> and usually we do an issue each, but obviously this is a 50 page, possibly less page, massive thing. So I think maybe we just keep, we do it as a relay and pass the baton when someone has like had a mental breakdown from looking at the pages. <laughs> Which so, I think is bound to happen once or twice. Right. So, 
to start, we have obviously the front cover, which my front cover in my book is the hard. It literally says the hardback. So was this released as a, like a graphic novel? Oh my goodness! If so, whoever bought it, I feel sorry for them. <laughs> I'm not like wasting money. So this is on my hardback version, and I did actually check on um, on mm. um, on Amazon, and you can buy singularly just Merger Mayhem as as like a single trade paperback. Wow. But it's, wow. it's dated like it's dated like ten years ago, so it was obviously released then. Uh-huh. But I'm like, is this this was this released as a hardback or a paperback? You know, originally? I wonder oh. if it was because I'm looking at the the cover on Marvel and Women, right. and the U.S. sticker price for 1989 was 450. So mm-hmm. that's, that's that's even for 50 pages in 1989, that's fairly steep. Sure. So it may have been like a special kind of print of some sort i don't know that's interesting plus the uh on marvel unlimited we don't just have the front cover we've got like a wraparound you can see on the right is you know everyone flying at the camera but on the left is like a a mojo who's given like a meh face yes that mojo yeah which is the um um it's the same face as he put spoilers it's the same exact same face that he has on the final panel just enlarged to its full potential right Mm -hmm. I got to say, um, I think I may have tweeted this at you guys, but I love Mojo with Rainbow Dreads. I think that should be how he has to be colored all the time. <laughs> it does make perfect sense. But yes, on our front cover, we've just got our Excalibur team um, above the action, kind of like the book itself. Um, <laughs> and we have Kitty guiding the X-Babies away from blandly colored face flapped man um the agent yes who's stealing babies essentially so this time we have uh uh, as part of the ex-babies a little bit different team we've got havoc dazzler storm colossus longshot uh psylocke and wolvie and rogue and they do call him wolvie here uh only yes they do they do he's kind of a stinker (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's he's not not too nice. Um, he's not warm and cuddly. Um, you know, I was going to ask you guys, and I I apologize. I think we may have already discussed this on both of our shows. Um, <laughs> but um, you guys uh, in the new Exiles book, do y'all understand Wolvie to be ex babies Wolvie or like little Wolvie from uh, the Scotty Young? He's like a, yeah, he's a cartoon. He's not this thing. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's kind of how I thought it too. But this is something so interesting how... at the end of this book because, I mean, spoilers. They, the next babies go back to the Mojoverse and they demand like all kinds of rights and things for to start their own show. So maybe the X Baby universe, the Scotty Young universe, is just the show on one of Mojo's networks. <laughs> maybe. Meta. Um. How do you feel about the front cover? Eh. Generally. No, no redeeming qualities whatsoever. <laughs> like, just meh. <laughs> just meh. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I like Art Adams. I like his cover work, so... I think the art is nice, but... The layout is, is kind of... It's pretty crowded. Mm. Um, it makes me feel like Excalibur are chasing the X-Babies as well. Right. So he's like, oh, Excalibur and Evil Man chasing Kitty and Nick, baby. <laughs> you can tell he doesn't have much experience doing the the members of Excalibur because they don't quite match up. 
uh, to what we've seen before, where his ex-babies look very definitively like X-Men. Well, yeah. Well, he's got the same art style. He's got the same um, appreciation for breasts on Megan as the, as the previous artist that isn't Alan Davis has. Sure. So, um, so he's got he's got that right. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> so let's uh, move anyway. past that cover then, huh? Yeah, let's move it. So we start with. Um, at first, I, I was wondering what why all the demon the power demons. Um, had like MT, like we're chasing them with like hot MT things until I realized it was the other way around because when you brand something, you don't put it the way it would be written. Oh my goodness, like trademark. I yeah. I missed that completely. Dan, you just but... illuminated half the story for me. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in um, Mojo World and uh, it's Wolvie's fault, apparently. Everyone's running away from power demons with trademark branding, and we have um, our ex babies and what is her name? Ricochet Rita. Yeah, and I was like, who, who is Ricochet Rita? Thankfully, if I ever read X Men Annual number 12, I'll find out, but I'm not going to. So, <laughs> um, she's also from the uh, Long Shot miniseries. Yeah, they call out two different trades or, or other. Material, you're supposed to be reading to read this. And I was like, no. I'm not putting any more work into this one. So you've got your standard, your standard like, Hellscape, Doom, Factory, and people. Cause she reminded me of being in, like, a Days of Future Past jumpsuit. This mm-hmm. yeah. meter. And, and with the, mutant, the, the mutants running away. And there's a lot of fart bubbles. And a lot of the kids are just arguing with each other. And Dazzle's an extremely jealous young woman. Um, and Dazzle's also a very vicious young woman when she doesn't get the man of her dreams. And yes. um, because Rogue is, is flirting with Long Longshot, she trips Rogue up. And um, poor Rogue hurts her head and a giant pussycat man tries to stomp on her. But Longshot saves the day with one of his knives. And I was like, are these babies got their powers, the mutant powers, or is it like they're weaker than normal? But that's never explained. Not at ever, all. Ever done. And then um, our babies and Rita, because I, I refuse to call her Ricochet Rita, because it's just too much, um, arrive at like, the house of bad ideas. I don't I don't know, like a giant place that has every crossover name. It was at Atlantis Attacks Crisis. I imagine that's a DC reference. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some sort of like portal door. And the baby's like, let's run in here while Havoc floats in the air and fires at things. You can see that. The- I-, I love next to that building, there's like a rundown section that says New Universe and it says Condemned, Keep Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I also like that Atlantis Attacks has, is attached to a fish sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before we move any further, I need to point out that Wolvie throughout the issue says this poots. Uh, yeah, he's like really upset. Yeah. <laughs> What's your take on that? To, I was going to stop um, just before we, we hit uh, Mojo and then just recap what we saw. Sure, sure. But if, but to be fair, I don't understand why he says it. I was like, what is that a spelling mistake? No. Or no, it's just it's just a little cute kitty way of saying this stinks. Like this poots. Like I pooted. See, wouldn't that be like poop instead? Or is that more modern? 
than in the 80s. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's just different little fart noises. I don't know. Maybe I would have preferred if you just said this smells like shit. Um, <laughs> and he smoked. Like, Want little woman to smoke? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Because they all act like oh, They should have given him candy cigarettes. Yeah. They should have candy cigarettes and root beer all the time. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, they, they walk into the pool, into the house, and they get changed magically. Right. Um, I do want to say, Dan, sorry, just a second, before we get too far, I, I think Kelly Thompson should bring back Tracker Tiger. Yes. And, and Mr. and Mrs. X. Like he should he should have something to do in that book. She did bring back and I always forget their name, uh, but that uh the weird group of aliens that, that appeared early on in Excalibur. Yeah. Uh, yeah the did. Technet. Yes. Technet? Technonet. Yeah. Some of that. But essentially, um, our kids are um, the, trying to keep the demons out from this house. While Kloss, basically, Kloss is holding the door. They find the house that uh, Jack and Stan built, and everything goes to parts. The place flies away, and we cut to Mojo. But essentially, instantly, I have I have issues with the color work. There's mm-hmm. too much like flat one tone colors, which really was annoying me. Also, they're ex babies, but I don't like how heavily sexualized Storm is in one panel. Like, it freaks me out. There's the, when they get changed, I feel like she's wearing like hook like hooker clothes for no reason, like a leather <laughs> jacket and stuff. And I'm like, everyone else looks sort of like normal, but Storm. Um, and I don't get why Baby Dazzler is really upset that. I know it's just a weird. It's a weird intro to them because I've never really read the X Babies because I avoided it like the plague. Um, <laughs> and so to have them introduced to me as like uh, movies, kind of trying to be tough, but he's a kid, so that made more sense. But then have Dazzler be like, "I love him," and she's making googly eyes at him, so I'm gonna hurt her. Seemed like a really weird <laughs> just choice to like start your fifty-page opus. About X babies, <laughs> I don't know. Art-wise, it's not too bad. I think the color kills it though a lot visually. Um, there's a lot of washed-out panels of like oranges and blue. Yeah, especially like with light, the... yeah, light blues and grays in the background for sure. Yeah. But how are you, how are you feeling so far since we've? Um... Also, I don't get the proportions of the babies. Sometimes their heads are bigger than the bodies, and that's a consistent thing throughout this issue. And there's a, there's a panel right at the end where I have to point out the fact that I think I think Nightcrawler's an ex-baby at one point. Like, <laughs> size <nine. laughs> but, I missed that. But I'll point it out. I'll point it. It's right at the very end. Uh, I'll point okay. it out. I was like, what the... What, has he shrunk? Um, <laughs> but, um, yes. Um, to begin with, I don't think this is a very good start. I'm all over the place. I feel like I need... I feel like I do need to read the things it's telling me to read. And nothing makes sense. And I was like, these are babies and they have powers and Havoc, is he flying or is he standing on something? But he's he's certainly... Like, why are they running away if they're all just the X-Men? But babies. Surely they could um, beat them up. But, it's um, an interesting choice of, of a team of X-Babies. You know what I mean? Well, it's the current X-Men roster. Is it? Uncanny, Yeah. And this is the, this is basically the Outback team. Okay. No, no, no one's left. 
No, Dan, I, I, th- I think you're right. The, the, the color work here, the color work here really does. It, it feels almost like lazy, or maybe they were just really rushed to get out fifty issues, uh, fifty pages of this. But it it feels kind of, I don't know, bland and uh, as you mentioned, washed out. It's not as as vibrant and engaging as Oliver tends to make. Uh, uh, the you know when when she's normally coloring. Uh, the Excalibur book to make it every, every panel more interesting where here it just feels like all right um, three quarters of the page are going to be blue and then the other quarter is going to be orange let's move on it's, uh, <laughs> it's disappointing the first page is fine like the first page looks like a pinner um, sure, sure. Like, like you used to get in old, old, old comics I feel like it's colored well characters are defined everything looks kind of fun and it sort of slowly dissolves into this sort of Everything's one color, one color business. But um, we've yet to come to the most startling um, sort of omission, which is uh, Mojo's eyes. Of course. Do they have pupils? Do they not have pupils? <laughs> Who knows? Jason, what do you but, what do you um, think about this first? Uh, I guess I don't know, quarter eighth of the book. Um, I mean it's there. <laughs> <laughs> the pages definitely exist. Um. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I feel like the whole concept of the X babies as originally conceived is what if the X Men were little and all their annoying characteristics were turned up to eleven, and sure. so it's not just a caricature. It's like a caricature of all their worst traits, which is fine. They're being childish, whatever, but. While that may make creative sense, it doesn't necessarily make for an enjoyable read. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not a huge original X Babies fan. I know there there's a portion of the X Men population that really loves them, but I would not count myself among them necessarily. Um, I think the art overall is fine, um, but yeah, I don't really know the the stakes of just getting away from the Mojoverse, I think, I think the the problem with this book, and, and maybe this is a fair thing to say about any comic, is that there's nothing about this opening that invests me here. Sure. I would have had to have been invested in the Mojoverse, the X-Babies, possibly even the Longshot series beforehand for, for me to really care about any of this. And not having an emotional attachment to any of those stories really at this point and doesn't really I'm just kinda just kinda there. I, this yeah. this book doesn't take that extra step of saying, Hey, if you didn't read this or didn't care about this before, here's why you should now. I don't we don't have that why you should now. Not so. at all, no. Yeah. All right. Well, after so, the uh, X babies go through the portal, we cut to Mojo with a major and minor domo uh, watching the action, and uh, this is where we just get too many word bubbles. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it there's at a certain point, I just kind of flipped the page. I like looked at the art and like, well, they're talking, and there's like 800 word bubbles. I'm 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 not reading this, and I'm just flipping. Uh, but it, it it feels very much like. Mojo being Mojo, um, but I think the color work issues continue for for this section, and I, I I'm guessing this is supposed to be played for comedy, which 
I mean, I, I guess you might enjoy this, but it, it still isn't hooking me. Uh, these first few pages of, of Mojo popping up here. And yes, Dan, I don't know if his eyes have pupils or eyelids or what's going on. It's just like nebulous and disturbing. Also, we have a hysterical woman, so Clermont is back on form. Um, <laughs> so I don't understand. I never even knew there was a minor dumb, dumber, but I now know why I don't know he exists. <laughs> if I've ever seen him before, I've deleted it. Oh no, that's memory. the girl. She's minor domo. Yeah, yeah. And she's su- she's super hysterical. And I was like, why? And a robot. I und- I, under- I understand that he like um, Mojo is essentially a horrible like capitalist pig, and um, major domo is like his right hand of doom. And does all the dirty work, and then I'm like, why is there now an hysterical woman? <laughs> and then they've also got like the reveal of the agent, who is a horrible shade of brown. Um, it's hard to tell what kind of shade he is, um, but he doesn't look fun. He just looks like a really shit Batman. <laughs> See, I kind of liked his first page, but. Mine's also gray, not brown, so that yeah. probably helps. Yeah, mine's um, like gray and black. And plus, I really like the two little, whatever you want, imps or whatever that introduce him. I <laughs> think that's fun. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I think the more he does, the less interesting he looks. Um, sure. Yeah, and kind of shows up as like Darth Vader light, and then eventually just, you know, whatever. <laughs> So he's a villain who Mojo hires to get all the ex-babies to sign contracts, uh, a la him being named the agent, so that they will be forced to work for Mojo for the rest of their lives. And that is the plot of the story. Um, right. He has a predator mask. I'm sorry? Yeah, he kind of does. His, his mask is a predator mask, mm. it would seem. Yeah. Yeah. So did you guys think... Based on the way the letters are bolded and, and different words uh, with emphasis, did you, did you think that maybe this was like long shot undercover for like a couple of panels? Oh, I didn't even think about it. No. I kind of thought because when he first shows up, he says, before I go, I'm sorry, before I go, <laughs> we must discuss terms, which I mean, why does he talk like that? We must discuss terms. Um, yeah, that was really sudden, but, yeah. Yeah, but he's like, uh, I, I'd say you do it settled. And he says, not by a long shot. And yeah, that was... My, a... <laughs> I was like, oh, is that, like a, is that like a clue? Like, is this guy, like, he's not really a bad guy? Like, long shot came back to save the Mojoverse, where he's going to do it under the guise of the agent. I actually kind of want to read that story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big Longshot fan, but <laughs> I'm not a big Longshot fan, but I would much rather read right. that than what we read here. Yeah. Yeah. So then we cut over it, to If you like when uh, Cyclops oh. wore the that red uh thigh suit. <laughs> what was what was that what was that called? The Crimson? No, um I don't remember. I mean, back in the sixties when Cyclops uh, dressed like a red bad guy to try to find Magneto. I don't remember that at all. 
<laughs> it comes well, back in X Factor Annual Number One. But oh, anyway, well then, yeah, yeah. So then we cut to Kitty, who's on a, a sleeper train. Heading back to the Excalibur lighthouse after she's seen. I was extremely, I was extremely confused. I thought she was having a dream about a train. <laughs> the second panel, she's got like line, the lila um, jacket on the thing, and it made me feel like this is this her bedroom. And then I was like, no, she's on the train. <laughs> I generally thought she was just dreaming of trains. That's I, right. yeah. I love that I they, think... they, they mention she went to see. A jazz concert, but we see panels later on that are definitely not jazz music. Oh wait, does it say jazz? Not even the jazz. Oh, jazz of the concert. My my bad. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, um, I'm I'm glad that Brit Rail um was phased out of existence or never existed um as a concept. I just like the idea that uh, Claremont, like he usually does with Excalibur, he just puts Britain or England or something Scottish. Just before something to make it seem like it comes from our country. This is <laughs> Brit Taxi, or these are Brit donors. Oh, I, <laughs> thought, I thought y'all did that. I thought y'all were all like really big Batman fans, and I was like, it's a Brit car. <laughs> no, I, read, I, I, read, I read Brit Rail, and I was like, do we have a Brit? Did we have a Brit? Do I have to Google this? So I was like, well, I wasn't, I wasn't that old then, so maybe we had Brit Rail. Maybe Claremont. Brit Rail, I don't know. Hi, hi! I'd like to like to introduce you to my Brit wife and my Brit children. <laughs> I should just call myself Brit Dan. From now on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's how we know who you are. Um, so you can definitely tell that this is where the ink or, or one of the ink change happens because it's definitely not as interesting on the art. I don't think. Um, so. Also, you can tell that Claremont is still not overwriting X-Men. No. Because um, previously, an issue of Excalibur, um, Kitty went to the X-Mansion and mourned, the, mourned everything that happened there. And um, obviously, she forgot about that because of the Nazis. Um, that sounds like such a weird sentence to say. <laughs> the Nazis. But also but kind back- of timely for what we're going through right now. Exactly. And she's, right. now, now she's back on the, um, on the. I miss Ileana. I miss everyone. Um, I don't like my. I do like, but I don't. She definitely sounds younger here, because the, the recently we've had an issue, haven't we, with Kitty, like, sound like looking older, looking younger, sounding older, sound sounding younger, and here she sounds a little bit younger, and she's like bratty Kitty, as I like to call her, call this version of Kitty. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what we get for a few pages. And I forget that she can um, walk on air because usually people just ignore that and just let her fly. Right. Um, <laughs> but we have her, I guess it's like a flashback of her thinking uh, back before she went to the concert and she's in her laboratory trying to work on Widget and Rachel and Alistair are just like watching her work for some reason. Uh, <laughs> and she gets upset. She can't get Widget to work. She storms off uh, through the ceiling into the living room where Captain Britain is just floating, holding like a, a steel. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you call it? Like a steel panel. They're fixing the room. They're oh, fixing yeah. what happened when, when Rachel went mental and uh, flew through the hole. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. I, um, 
So my first favourite panel of Nightcrawler, because I have to say, it, is this panel here with his little hammer in his tail. And yes. I like the fact that he just uses his tail to hammer things and he sits <laughs> upside down. And I really enjoyed it. And I actually really like this panel because I feel like Brian is, is drawn in the most heroic manner and he's wearing a satchel and holding a piece of metal. <laughs> um, I just feel like it works. It's like such a weird... It feels Excalibur, like a really weird sure. visual. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't understand like the previous scene because obviously... Yeah, again, if you if you just bought this book, just thinking, oh, cool, who's Excalibur? Who are the who's Mojo? There's some X Men that look like babies. Um, you'd have to have read at least ten issues of Excalibur beforehand to get the um, dynamic of um, <laughs> Kitty, Kitty and Rachel, um, and that Kitty is uh, fancies um, Alistair, and unfortunately Rachel um, is in the way. And I still continue. I continue to love the fact that Rachel doesn't care about dress sense and um actually this is probably the most casual i've ever seen her because usually she's dressed ready to go out at all times right (laughs) um, now it's like she's dressed i feel like sharon stone in um (laughs) oh my gosh basic instinct no 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 because she's in like sporty wear so sharon stone in total recall uh where where (laughs) arnold schwarzenegger comes home and she's like working out and then they start fighting and she's in like a a pink sports outfit that's very similar because, like, the stomach is showing and she's got, like, the tights, but they don't go all the way down. Right. Like, she could be going, like, doing, like, sexy exercise in that outfit. Yeah. This is true. And I must admit that this exercise. is probably the least, the least fashionable exercise for sure. <laughs> well, Kitty is wearing leg warmers as well, so she may have joined right. in at one point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're all watching the, the Jane Fonda workout video that my mom used to work out to all the time. My mom did too. <laughs> um, so, so Dan, this, this, this is England. Harry Potter is living under those stairs, right? Where that little door is. <laughs> oh my Maybe god! Maybe one more dad is <laughs> a while ago. But obviously, one of the children. Is. Right. Um, this is the least fashionable. Talking about fashion, this is the least fashionable Nightcrawler has ever been in an Excalibur book. Um, <laughs> That's he <was> a, true. <laughs> he is a man of fashion, so I disagree with his casual wear being that casual. I feel like you'd still be wearing the fedora or the, at least the pimp jacket while having nails. <laughs> or he would go very, like, handyman. He would, like, totally dress up for the part. Definitely. If if Alan Davis was drawing this, he would literally look like someone who's come to your door to fix your pipes. That yeah. sounds like a porno. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Davis presents... Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> but, um, yeah... And then we move on to a lovely scene where Megan, yet again, is dismissed by every other character. Um, <laughs> sorry. She does, though. I feel so sorry for Megan. But anyway, as you were saying, Georgie. She's dismissed, and Kitty continues to kind of like freak out. She's like, I, need, I just need some time for myself. And Captain Britain's like, now listen here, little girl. You gotta like do what we tell you. And she's like, hold on, buddy. I'm out of here. And, and Nightcrawler steps in. He's like, uh, hey, Cap, maybe just, you know, let her let her be an individual for a minute, and uh, <laughs> she escapes to go to a concert. Um, and I kind of love this panel uh, at the top of the page with her eyebrow, Kitty's eyebrows up. She's like looking behind her, like sort of upset and like sarcastic. I really do love that pose. It's yeah, nice. it's nice. She does have yeah. a, a lovely mane of hair as well, doesn't right. she? And I love the Nightcrawler sticks up for her. Yeah. They're friends. I love it. And his Captain Carrot shirt. Oh, yeah. 
So she uh, escapes. Now we, we come back to her back on the train. Uh, she kind of accidentally phases through the wall. And then we get uh, a lot of scenes of just Kitty in her underpants. And I don't know why <laughs> they feel like they need... Like, I feel like she gets sexualized almost as much or maybe even more than Rachel does. Right. In a lot of these... Which is very odd... Because Dan was just talking about how they kind of went out of the way to make her seem like remind us that she was younger. Yeah. And then to turn around and and have the the Kitty Pride panty show is is very awkward. For sure. Well, because like obviously we've we've skipped over the weird little metal band moment, and that she thinks that the X Men would have totally been like loved the fact that she was on the stage. You know, like that's just as impressive as fighting Sentinels. Um, oh yeah. Although I love that. The- this is another sort of standout page for me. Like the expressions on the faces are, are, are quite nice here. How happy Kitty looks. Um, and I, I love her dancing, like very 80s, like swinging her arms side to side, one one leg and then the other leg. <laughs> it was like the Elaine dance from Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's wonderful. And um, So the panel that the ex-babies who have teleported in, um, the panel where it's, uh, Dazzler is um, sort of lighting herself up with daggers out of her head and such forth. Um, I really like the way Colossus is drawn and coloured here. The rest of the panel, not so much. But for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, I really do like that Colossus. I like baby. I think I think baby Colossus is the most successful transition between adult and baby than the rest of them. For me personally, mm-hmm. I think he uh, just stands no. out as like a a really well thought out. Whereas everyone else, like they struggle to not put. Um, breasts on any of the girls, yeah. Well, yeah, and because like because they've got cleavage, they've got like cleavage, um, um, dresses and um costumes, and they don't know what to really what to do with it. You know what I mean? It's it just feels like they're like, Ugh. yeah, but yeah. A lot of panties, too much panties. Yeah. So they the X babies show up while Kitty was sleeping and just like startle her to. I don't know, just like freak her the hell out uh, and she screams which causes her to lose concentration and she phases through uh, the train as it's moving forward and we get sort of a couple suggestive scenes of couples doing things in their cars <laughs> and then she's <laughs> as we see her legs spread further and further open until she is out <laughs> of gosh yeah out of the the train and then she falls into a river. So, you know, continue to put her in weird situations with no clothing and getting her wet. It's just it's just odd choices. It's very strange. It it's very strange. Insane. It's almost I, as insane right. as what happens in a minute. Right. <laughs> so. And I love how I we... want... oh go ahead. I say before we get too far away from that page, I wish we had follow up panels to those three different passenger cars she fell through. <laughs> Especially the guy on the six pillows reading his newspaper. Oh my god! I want yeah. him to be like, like, huh? <laughs> I just that like, what? and going back to his book. He does have like six pillows. I didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he get them all? Like, are there other cars where the guys like, uh, excuse me, conductor, where's my pillow? <laughs> and this guy's like, I got them all. <laughs> What an odd thing. Obviously, Brit Rail provides a lot of Brit pillows for their yeah, Brit, Brit cabins. Pillows, yes. 
So after Kitty also, falls in the river... Are you ever trying to lay on six pillows? <laughs> that would be so uncomfortable. Who would lay on six pillows? That's insane. My neck would hurt so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so Kitty is saved uh, from the river by Storm and Rogue. And then uh, Kitty's like, oh my god, you're real. And then one of another golden line from Wolvie says, of course you're real, you stupid skirt. <laughs> Which... <laughs> Yeah, apparently baby Sabretooth popped up for a second. I just love this. He's even he's way more crass than the regular Wolverine. Yeah, that's what I said. It's all to 11. Yeah. Have you ever, do you remember a time where Wolverine is talking to a woman and he calls her a skirt? Like he's in a, a 30s mafia movie or something? <laughs> no, but Sabretooth does. Sabretooth says skirt and bird. Those are his two 80s. Ah. Uh, Derogatory female terms. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Well, to add to the, the Sabretooth um, characteristics, he attempts to... Uh, <laughs> slice and dice. <laughs> oh. Can't believe he tries to basically butcher Kitty. Yeah. yeah. He's, he continues like to, to do this throughout the book. He just does these like really awful things. Like, I know little kids can do, like, bad things because they don't quite understand how bad they are. But right. there's a difference between, like, one kid pushing another kid down or, like, taking something and then taking a knife and trying to, like, stab your babysitter. It's They're, they're very different levels. <laughs> I do love the panel, though, where he gets um, pocked on the nose. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. And then Claremont got to uh, – he likes to do accents. He got to do a broken nose accent. Oh, yes. And then we get Wolverine staring, you know, like a foot away directly at Kitty's ass in the panties. And it is the weirdest. How is this allowed? He sings a song because he's a kid, which obviously makes. Yeah, I feel that he's not. To, is is Claremont putting us in, as a reader in this situation that's more awkward than than Wolverine? Because if you're a little kid, you saw some lady run outside her underwear, you'd be like, "Whoa, that's hilarious!" Yes, yeah. Um, but you know, as a I don't know, what was Claremont in his forties around this time, <laughs> early late thirties? Like, what, what's he doing? <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. Kids are like laugh and point, but Wolvie, he's got his his hand up to his his chin, like, "Hey, look at that." <laughs> Yeah, and he's got a hand on his belt. Oh my so. god! <laughs> so to put to put these panels in context, uh, into context, so what we actually have until Kitty gets her new costume um, is she's saved. Then she's almost killed by she's almost bled to death by Wolverine for a joke, which ends in Wolverine being punched in the face. Kitty complaining a little bit more. Then Wolverine sings about her ass, and then there's this really weird panel. Which has Wolvie in black writing with a red background, um, almost like a spooky, like an um, old school uh, Tales of the Crypt kind of um, font, and this weird, completely grey blue panel of a mournful storm silent block. <laughs> Colossus is crying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like someone has died, yeah. and then all of a sudden, Kitty is now in a costume which comprises of uh, Psylocke's hoodie as a skirt. Yeah. Someone's lost his belt, Storm's jacket. Storm's jacket, someone's boots. And someone's gloves. And then 
To add to everything we've just realised, she sneezes and shrinks, and my mind fell out of my brain. My mind <laughs> fell out of my brain. <laughs> to me. I literally was like, I need a break from this comic right now. I need to just put this down, walk over there, and just look outside the window and realise that people are real. This is weird. This is Claremont at his absolute worst. Like, the most self-indulgent, weird... And it's not even good weird, like Technet or, or um, Nazi Kurt and his band of Excalibur Nazis. You know what I mean? It's like creepy, weird. And then they, they objectify Kitty in this really like... The, the skirt's got to slip down it because obviously it's not actually a skirt, it's a cape. And then she's shrunk down a little bit more to be even more cherubly childlike, but she's got such a slim physique now all of a sudden. And Arthur Adams is really bad at sexualizing women. He's a great artist. He's a great artist, but he's really bad at doing. Like he's like yeah. he just does it all the time. He can't help himself. And right. so you've got. I feel like the the artist, the artist, married with this sort of idea and what's happening, so really doesn't gel. And it's a very uncom. It becomes more and more uncomfortable visually as we go forward. And then when we have Wolverine, the pervert, um, essentially like <laughs> throwing out things all the way through the book. I'm like, what? Why would <laughs> like isn't like I feel like Mojo should be saying these things, not <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, and then obviously the other X babies that don't speak and are completely mute, um, havoc uh, for one of them. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it doesn't. I don't know. The, the, we'll, as we carry on, the, the more and more problems seem to crop up, and the story itself is so bloated for no reason because it's simple. The plot is totally simple. It could have been twenty-two pages long. Oh yeah. Not need to be like Wow. So it's so overbloated, and yeah. the next time we see our actual Excalibur, aside from Kitty, is ages away. Yeah. Now, <laughs> and it, I don't know it, if you sat there and actually read these series of events from coming out of the water to her sneezing and drinking. I think someone would be like, "Was he on acid, or like was he just high at the time, or was there like a deadline, or?" Did he have a low blood sugar while he's writing? Because it just seems really odd. But anyway, rant Jason, over. Jason, as a as our you know resident Wolverine expert, um, <laughs> I have a question for you. In, in all seriousness, Wolverine has a lot of exes, and I feel like he does get his fair share of ladies. But he never really felt like, uh, hey, I'm, I'm like a frat boy commenting on like looks and like bragging or like being like too aggressive about it more of an honorable right. character am i misremembering or is or is no he... that's that's pretty accurate i mean different writers lean into different characteristics but i think for the most part he's kind of a i don't know not to not to brush a han solo stroke but kind of a a brusque gentleman so rough around the edges but you know still very very concerned about people and you know um i think with, with the relationships with women there are times where people write him as just kind of a squeeze bag one night stand but most of the time he's really actually very concerned about his female entanglements um so yeah i don't know is there a panel you're referring to specifically that uh, no i just meant in general this wolf feels okay. like very lecherous where the real wolf right that that you know, if you're turning a characteristic up to eleven, that's not one I would have associated with with Wolverine in general. So I was just sort of 
surprised that they lean so so hard into that. Right. You'd think it'd be a ten, temper tantrum kind of kid. Like right. Constantly. Yeah. Temper tantrum all the time. Like, go, like the berserker thing. I, I play that into a child. Right. Yeah, you I, don't want, I think... you don't want like, a, we're, we're not here to read Rosenberg's Wolver, Baby Wolverine. We're here to, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh. All right. Well, anyway. Jason, do you want to take the lead for a few pages? Oh, uh, why not? Um... So we're in the police station. Wolvie's bragging about how he's been in better jails. Um, <laughs> and, and that's the point that Cutie's like, Wolvie, behave. <laughs> you know, but whatever. So we get this uh, nice uh, English detective or, or desk. Uh, the one part I do like is that Baby Dazzler is like trying on a police hat. And Baby Havoc is like looking at the coffee cup. And those are the little details I think actually kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um then we have Kitty trying to phone a friend with Excalibur, but the, the, oh, sorry, the phone lines are down. Um, Psylocke has a weird feeling about something, but Kitty literally sneezes it off. Um, and then we start this this thing that, that really s- very quickly makes no sense in that we find out, of course, this is not a helpful police agent. The lines aren't down by coincidence. This is all the doing of the agent. And what he has to do is trick all the ex-babies into signing a contract. And so what he does here, he's like, well, proper police work. I need a signature. And so Baby Sidewalk's like, okay. And she signs it. And then he goes, argh, and I guess turns into a, a page. You're like, like melts into the contract and that's all fine it's ridiculous (laughs) what i don't understand next is that the agent's end game is to trick all of the kids into signing a contract then why after the first signature would he reveal himself and go ah that's what i needed is for you guys to sign the contract now for the rest of the story i'm going to try to trick you guys into signing a contract but you're going to know it's coming because i just blew everything <laughs> like why wouldn't he just quietly be like okay cool i got psylocke now i gotta get the rest of the kids but no he's got to be like i'm gonna make this completely ridiculous and you guys will know what you're doing every time you sign your life away yeah, agreed. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even Scooby Doo because they don't even reveal him. He just does it to himself. Yeah, um, right. yeah. yeah, no, he, he he plays his own hand. Yeah, he just it tears his own face off. Yeah, it is it is actually disturbing, like imagery and the fact that he steals Psylocke's soul or whatever and turns into a page is kind of like a oh shit. But everyone just like fob. <laughs> Everyone just fobs it off, like, almost immediately. It's like, it's okay, let's just fight him and run away. And then he has her powers now. Yeah. Could he not just won then, instantly? <laughs> um, <but laughs> logic. All right. So Rogue tries to smooch his powers away, but that doesn't work. Um, so all the ex-babies have run away. Kitty tries to hotwire a car, but little Wolvie has the keys. Um, it says, "Where would you be without me?" Which that part kind of that maybe could be a little, little, and will be dialed up. Um, and the agent's excited because he has a car chase, but 
somehow he teleports, not with a bamf, but with the whoop. Um, so they're driving around. At first, it was like Wolby's driving, but then I remember the whole old English thing. Um, so yeah. Kenny, <laughs> and Kenny's driving, and <laughs> did you know? And Dan, you got. I mean, how many times have you? driven a car in the countryside and ran into a flock of sheep because if i trust comics movies and tv shows that's every commute in england um never <laughs> okay all right <laughs> the, the so flock they think yeah it, it whales maybe but personally i've never <laughs> run into any whales it's more like what no, in Wales, in the country oh, Wales. Oh, I thought it meant like um, you were driving along and then a whale was in your way. <laughs> that seems more likely. No, um, it's more like a Snorlax. No, um, no, deers, <laughs> dogs, <laughs> cows, and foxes are the things that I've, I've encountered on the road. Not sheep. Weirdly, never sheep. Okay. Maybe. Well, little Wolfie Maybe. wants to slice them up, make some lamb chops, but they're all like, no! And so then the sun comes up, and... They they're helped by some nice passengers who end up being, I guess, like Chris Claremont, John Byrne. Um, actually, name another guy who owns the car later, but I forgot who it is. Um, but you know, metatextual Marvel creators uh, hand over their car uh, to Kitty and the X Babies to go save the day. Um, and what does it say? Um, I guess is that Louis Simonson maybe or Glennis Oliver who's you know, says he gotta blame the characters. Um so they go and someone asks Havoc for his autograph. Uh some punks make fun of the ex babies and say, People think we're weird, mate. Um and then um of course Havoc falls for it and with his one line in the whole book he says, <laughs> Sure. And then um <laughs> He signs the book, and the agent gets his soul, and I'm assuming his powers. That's the only stolen power he never uses. Um, Can we talk about the then, punks for a second? Because yeah. these designs, we've got, like, Slash from Guns N' Roses, but with red hair. <laughs> and then we've got, like, a punk Charlie Brown on the right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then... This guy in the middle, I don't, did he like white face himself and spike his hair up and not wear a shirt? I don't know what he is doing. Can we talk about like the problematic moment of having an arrow pointing to where you should be reading? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, when your comic that... needs arrows to follow where you're supposed to be reading, you're doing something wrong, <laughs> I feel. Yeah. Um, and not to, because obviously we went past them quite a lot but i feel like the color work starts getting a little better just at the sheep around the sheep moment but i feel like it's a it feels like a mess and i've complained about um the use of thought bubbles in contrast to space on the page and i feel like the tighter the panel the more words have to be in it um, at the moment and it, it's kind of <laughs> frustrating because I don't mind it with you see the page with the car with everyone outside of the car and the 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 letterist has put all of the words to sort of like bracket that entire um, page. That to me is you know makes sense. They've thought about it. That's where it's going. But then you've got a page where Kitty's sort of top, like driving and it's just 
and you might as well just be a white space with with, with a narration next to her. Um, <laughs> and it just because like with all the word balloons, it actually with the art being a bit scratchy in places and a bit messy in any way as a as a style. Mm-hmm. Um, the word balloons for me make it make a lot of the panels look really messy. Like just looking from it from afar, there's a lot more white on the page than actual color. Um, because of the web balloons from the bubble spread, but that's the that's my like it's starting to get like quite bugging me quite a lot um, with this issue of of, of um, Excalibur. If it is an issue of Excalibur, it's more like an X Baby's romp. But, um, yeah, it's an X Baby's annual featuring Excalibur. <laughs> right. But they do make yeah. their escape, um, and they get into Manchester. Because uh, they're going on basically a tour of England, it feels like, at the moment. <laughs> and they're in a double-decker bus, and they're just, like, uh, suddenly they're, like, enjoying themselves on the bus. And and someone... Then we get more drama of... Uh, apparently, Longshot can even get uh, Kitty, like an older... Like a woman, to fall in love with him as an eight-year-old uh, with his powers. <laughs> Dazzler has an issue, and Rogue is upset, and the guy on the bus is like, hey, sign this, and I'll help you like get your man back. And I don't know how that makes any sense, but sure. Um, but I think what's even worse is that he's drooling in the next panel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And they um, sign, and so he gets Rogue and Dazzler's powers, um, and uh, everything goes to hell. And to help them escape, Colossus basically sacrifices himself. He's like, I'll, I'll hold them off. You guys get out of here, uh, and they jump off the double decker bus and, and run away to like a, a, a secret room at a railway station. And I I like the like this feels like something Colossus would do. He would like jump in and like hold off the enemies while his his comrades are escaping. So I kind of like that that part of the the story. Um, but these panels are all just like. Uh, color-wise, this this yellow and like bright yellow, soft yellow, white like lines of like dazzler effects going on in the background just kind of ruin these panels for me. Yeah. Oh, see, I kind of I think one of the few places the washout look works really well is a panel of Colossus trying to break the agent's hand. Like yeah. I thought, that, I thought that actually looked fairly modern um, in its coloring. So. Just felt like Dazzler has more than just yellow colors. Yes, yes, for so, sure. So for it all to just be like one sort of shade of color was sort of disappointing. Georgie, all our trains are lavender, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. The next, I, yeah, the next panel. Yeah, every, all your trains are lavender. That's amazing. I actually quite like the, the class page, and I quite like the page where she's taking the other two kids with the coloring there, but I don't understand why they're still yellow when they're jumping off the small <laughs> double decker. Um, but yes. Um, so we move on to this woman um, that Wilby wants to kick because he's got like a thought balloon of a target. And when he does, when he does pop his claws, uh, the agent jumps out of the woman's body and now people are flying everywhere because Kitty's trying to run away and Storm tries to fly people around and then he's flying and some civilians who's like, oh, if you think that's impressive, look at that dude. I don't know why either one, I don't know why that, the, the other dude, like, you know, the agent be as more impressive as Storm and that, but 
you know, swings and roundabouts and sexism. Um, and everyone seems, Kitty feels like, you know, they've got the upper hand. And then all of a sudden back at, ah, yes, St. Paul's Cathedral, the crown jewel of London skyline, which I'm still sure isn't right. I'm sure that's still Big Ben. But <laughs> I'm not Chris Claremont, so um, maybe you need to learn your own history, Dan. Come on, right? I know. I, I'm trying to think because obviously this is the '80s. So I'm trying to think when I've been to London and seen the skyline and be like, you can see it, but you can see other things more. <laughs> but um, yes. So the wedding, which I, is not uh, Princess Diana's and uh, Prince Charles's. Is some other people from some other country who's getting a royal wedding in our church of England um, is insane. And then Kitty, like some sort of protester, phases through the floor with an Excalibur emergency help, knowing that um, previously Megan said that sh- she'd be watching the wedding. And then the um, Pope, <laughs> Archdiocese, I have no idea. He just shapeshifts into this um, agent dude because he's everywhere. And they're ruining the royal wedding, but the bride gets involved with with beating him up. And they actually start fighting back, which I thought they maybe... Like, they did once before, didn't they? Um, Try to fight back. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't do anything uh, previously. Yeah. Yeah, and he's now got, like, green lantern powers or yellow lantern powers because he's making, like, hard light baseball bats to knock Storm out and Kitty's all like, I'll grab you and save you. And then Excalibur turn up in a dazzling light show. Um, How? They're just, they're just there. Okay. It would seem. Well, <laughs> right. oh, no, not how do they show... How, why do they have dazzler powers? Right. I, I, I feel like he's supposed to be firing dazzler powers at them, but... Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Oh, okay. I didn't get that. Um, and I did lie. Here on this panel, he uses a havoc power to bedow somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bedow. So let's let's hold on there. We we covered about I don't know twelve pages <laughs> here. So we skipped past the Amanda Wall reference. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> we also had a, a cute little snicked of like uh, yeah, his three-inch like claws here, and. As as any young boy does when he sees a, a larger woman, he just gotta like stab her ass for some reason. <laughs> oh yes. Um. <laughs> I wish... I wish the storm got another dress change. The storm gone through yet another costume change. Well, she took her jacket off and gave it to Kitty. I think her yeah. cape has been covering up her sh- her torso. Gotcha. Until now. That is fair. There's another panty shot if you're um, counting, uh, listening. Uh, <laughs> Are we counting? I'd rather not. Should we have been taking shots this whole time? I think there's there's a number of them. <laughs> to be yeah. Honest. So, I, you, go ahead. I was going to say, I do like the fact that um, Longshot um, seems to be the most useful of all of the ex-babies at any one given yeah. time. With his sharpened razor blade knives that he throws. I wish they were like nerf things instead. Right. Like... <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the kind of details that Scotty Young plays off in his little Marvel that is so epic. Like the Captain America having a lowercase A on his forehead. Right. And uh, Hawkeye having like the suction cup arrows. Like, those are the little details that that we don't really get in this iteration of, of X Babies. But um Yeah. Yeah. Um 
I I had to really rack my oh so are we supposed to assume that all of Kitty's sneezes have been related to the agent? Uh, what? Well, yeah. After, after okay. he tears off his pope face, he uh he blows sneezing powder in Kitty's face. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, th- I, I thought you said something blow. else besides sneezing. I thought I thought I heard something else. I won't even ask. I thought, I thought <laughs> he said, "Are we to assume that all of Kitty's nieces are related to the agent?" And I was like, "What? Well, huh? Yes. Yeah. If we were playing telephone, you would have heard me ask, "Are we to assume that all of Kitty's nieces are Asian?" Um, <laughs> yes, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, and then she literally sneezes herself into discorporalization um and I really had to rack my brain to remember who this royal bride was because I guess Nightcrawler saved her like a long ass time ago um but yeah I don't I don't know either it didn't uh register with me and he kind of like pines after her at the end of the story as well he's like oh I didn't get a chance to say goodbye oh it's too bad right but you know, dude, she's she's kind of getting married to this old guy. You gotta hands right, off. Right, right. Yeah. I actually against, thought, against her will. <laughs> <laughs> I totally thought the, the the prince was called terrific because I didn't see the exclamation mark. <laughs> so I was like, "Prince terrific!" No, that is amazing. That's, that's the name. <laughs> but yeah, so stuff has happened. None of it good. Um. It's like there's no dramatic stakes, and it's not, and it's not really played for laughs either. No, like it feels like it should be. So it's, things are just happening, and yeah. See, I I think it is played for laughs and just not landing. Um, <laughs> That's worse. It's just it's just not funny comedy. Um. <laughs> you guys remember, like during the '80s, it was really common to just like laugh at women who lost their pants. That was. <laughs> Like a staple in TV and movies, like America's Funniest Home Videos. Uh, yeah, sure. Is is people getting pissed and kicking the junk? That's that's all that happens. I feel like Claremont watched uh, Revenge of the Nerds and he's, he saw like the panty <laughs> raid scene. He's like, "Yes, I have an idea." Right. Also, yeah. did you know that um, when princes faint, their black jackets become white? <laughs> that's because they're cowards, Dan. Wow. I know. It's not a cool, it's not a cool problem at all. Um, um, I also I also didn't like if it's played for laughs. I really don't like the fact that he he smacks a young girl on the head with a, a baseball bat. Essentially, um, I was like, this is a bit harsh. No one else got like violently attacked like that. Everyone else was just I suppose their souls were ripped apart or whatever. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, that's kind no of no one cares about souls. <laughs> So eventually yeah. we get we get our Excaliburs show up, and I tweeted it uh, on, on Twitter yesterday, but we basically go 30 pages, uh, or rather 20 pages. We go, we go 13 pages at the beginning with no Excalibur, and then we get like five pages of Excalibur, and then we get like 20 more pages of no Excalibur, and then we get five more pages of Excalibur. So they really take off uh, <laughs> from the story. And it's almost like they show up and you're like, oh, yeah, this is an Excalibur book. I forgot about that. <laughs> right. Um, what, do you, what do you feel about uh, his action panels here? For example, we've got Captain Britain smacking the agent in the face, flying in. 
uh, the long shot throwing his daggers. Do, do we feel like are these you know nice nice panels? Do we like the action? I like the long shot panel a lot. To be honest, um, I feel like it feels if they were nerf nerf knives, it'd be even better. But um, right. I think he, that's probably one of the more standout action pages because the rest are just very run of the mill. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So Longshot throws his knives at uh, the Asian s- satchel, uh, cuts a hole in the bottom of the contracts come out, and Kitty has the brilliant idea of phasing out the signatures, which I don't know, dried ink, if that's something she can phase out of paper is kind of amazing to me. I, I Yeah, I don't know either. That that may need to go under her, you know, people always say, remember that time when she phased a bullet, through, a space bullet through the earth? Right. Really, maybe people should say, hey, remember that time when she phased words off of a page? Yes. Um, <laughs> I will say, visually, it looks kind of cool. Like, yeah, she puts her yeah. hand through and the words are on her palm. I just don't, I guess on a, like, molecular level, yeah, because the ink's different molecules on the paper, but that's just really, like, surgical. Yes. Um, which, I don't know, maybe she could. I don't know. I don't know enough about phasing in real life to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to say. But um, it, it did seem, it did also take this whole story and say, you know what? Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. And the <laughs> well, end of this story does that as well. Because Claremont even has um, constantly reminded us that since she was injured, um, she has to really concentrate to stay um, solid. Right. So the fine motor control and the sheer sort of scientific know-how Kitty would need to... I don't know how her powers work at all. Like, you couldn't sit me down and ask me, how does her powers work? I'd, be like, I'd just be like, she walks through things. Um, like, <laughs> I generally don't... It makes... Her powers are so weird. Like, they disrupt, they disrupt electrical signals. That's why she blows up things. She can phase a bullet and words off a page, but she can get knocked out by a gust of wind. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's called convenience of plot, I suppose. It is. It um, is. Yeah. yeah. So our uh, our team shows up, and uh, the agent realizes that he's really outnumbered. We get a panel of cartoon Krakow, Zap, Bang, Zing, Pow words. Mm-hmm. He's knocked out. And then, uh, finally... The ex-babies are standing with Excalibur, and there, this one panel I really want to talk about here uh, at the bottom of the page, uh, because Kitty, I feel like, is back to maybe her normal size again. Uh, they, they kind of, like, don't acknowledge her shrinking at all. She's, she's just kind of back, and I love that Megan is now entranced by Longshot as well. Like, he has <laughs> the ability... <laughs> To just like hook up with any woman at any age that he wants, and I love that Rogue and Dazzler are once again upset that he is talking to a different woman. Right. Um, this is it's it's an interesting page. Um, can we go back to the top? Um, does anyone else have Wolverine's face being a bright pink? pink? Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, I was like, I was looking at it, it as like is. Has he got a mask on now? Or has he had <laughs> so many donuts or something? I yeah. don't know. I do really like, one thing I do actually quite like as a stylistic idea and choice is the the flames around Rachel's head and her using the flames as a, as a lasso mm-hmm. um, around the guy. I oh, thought that was yeah. Nice, um, I didn't realize that was connected. 
And I also do like the fact that Havoc, much like for the rest of the issue, he's is pushed to the back. Um, everyone else is sort of standing in front of him. Yeah. Uh, Where really is thin. at this I time? I that Captain Britain in the group shot has like this big ass smile on his face, like, "Oh, I get to play with my little kids now." <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, where where is Polaris at this point in continuity? Uh, she has not come to X Factor yet. I think she's doing Malice stuff. Uh, she okay. come back from the Savage Land where she got really giant sized and kind of sh- she hulked out. I think at this point she is either just about to or is just reverted back to normal but but mouse has taken her over so she has wild hair or maybe that's before she hulks out Polaris is such a fucked background story isn't she <laughs> yes, like yes. Oh. anyway <laughs> but she's she's in between she's not on a team right now okay so. alright well, Jason you want to take us home uh sure so um Rachel has color bubbles and then the <laughs> agent like gets his own sneezing power. Um, and so, Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rachel is doing this on purpose because she senses another consciousness inside. And so actually maybe the long shot clue was accurate because it turns out the agent is Ricochet Rita who got turned in somehow, I guess through the old body shoppy, um, into the agent. Um, and so she's like, oh, wow, here I am. And then Mojo's floating head, like almost like a bust on top of her, shows up and says, you may have phased through all the ex-baby contracts, but I still have Rena's ha, ha, ha. And um, the ex-baby's like, oh, wait a second, you really want us. Let's have a quick sound effect huddle. And they have a huddle, and they huddle and complain and debate. <laughs> I and love those sound parts. effects. <laughs> that, that actually is one of the highlights of the issues, I have to say. Um, and so they decide, you know what, Mojo? Deal or no deal? You let Rita go, and you get the ex-babies back. And we'll, we'll make TV shows for you. We'll get you good ratings. That's all you care about. But you have to let Rita go. And so it's like, Okay, cool. So he he disintegrates her contract, so she's free, and the ex babies, including one, is this just a spectator? Like, hey, this is a cool door in the trench coat. I don't know who that is. Um, Alistair. Um, oh, okay. I, okay. I assume yeah. he's just inspecting the door. Yeah. Yeah. Scientific curiosity. That makes sense. Okay. Um, the ex babies go through, and the reader's like, "No, no. What have you done? They're just." kids which no one seems to ever think about this whole issue no. that these are just kids um so she jumps through as the door plinks close and kitty's like yeah that's awesome and captain britain's like well why is that awesome it's because you know she's going to take care of the kids that's cool and mojo's got them but she's there and she's free so she can wreck havoc and kind of do what i said earlier like she can maybe go save the mojo world so I don't know if we ever get that story, but it's interesting, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sad when you read stories, the most interesting things are things that could be happening 
outside of the story or after the story as opposed to what's in the story. But that's kind of where we are. Um, <laughs> is this the little nightcrawler you're talking about? Yes, he's so small. Oh yeah, because he's crawling. I don't, I don't like him when nightcrawler crawls. <laughs> no, but like, like, right. So that's him crawling. That's fair. But there's a panel, a few panels before where the portal first opens, and he's in normal sized crawling, like a human. He, <laughs> right. He is up to his. He's up to that guy's penis. Nightcrawler is like, like a. Bow, bow, usually, bow, bow, bow. Um, I know he's flexible, but um, Nightcrawler <laughs> usually is, um, yeah, is. Sort of as tall. He's as tall as Alistair, so even when crouching, he would be higher than that. That's just yeah. oh, a midget. Yeah, and he's yeah. been shrunk into every single. It's such a weird. Comp- that panel is so weird. Like what? At first, I thought there was steam coming off Rachel's head, and why is she now wearing black? Um. Like all of a sudden, on oh mine it literally looks like there's like there's, it is. It's black um, with red outlines, which yeah. is actually kind of cool looking, but does not fit. But Captain Britain's boots are the same way in my copy. Right, yeah. Yeah. And I love I how quite thick like as tree black. trunks his thighs are. Yeah. I probably couldn't. Is it not even big enough to be as as thick as his his thighs? To be fair. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's just sitting there pondering. He's got deep thoughts that we're not privy to. Yeah. Um, his thighs are bigger than Nightcrawler's whole body here in this panel. Yeah. Maybe he has two Nightcrawlers for legs. <laughs> the more I look at this black um, costume for, for Rachel with the red outlines, the more I'm like, that actually makes more, it seems like a better design choice. Mm. Yeah. Still yeah. spikes, though. Always the problem with the spikes. Always the spikes. Then Mojo gets his comeuppance and he gets what he wants, but is it really what he wants? And then we get the continued gag of Dazzler and Rogue being jealous as Minor Domo succumbs to Longshot's charms. Yep. And Mojo very funnily, I, I laughed very hard, um, not really, when he <laughs> ends the book going, Hell. Yeah. Yep. That's funny, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame they took the bloodshot because you know on the wraparound cover his eyes are bloodshot in that and it's a shame yeah. that they took the bloodshot colouring from the actual book mm. itself I don't get Murdo's colour like is he yellow he's more of a like play-doh he... like, like cookie dough <laughs> in this, this book oh man Cookie dough mojo. Oh, mojo cookies. <laughs> we got something there, guys. Yeah. Where's that something trademark I'd... brand? Where's that trademark brand? Oh, yeah. Empty, uh, empty, empty. <laughs> mojo cookies. Definitely something that give you heart, for sure. Mm. But yes, um, that issue also gave me heart, Ben. There's a segue. Um, <laughs> if if I'm gonna dip in first, I I apologize. For the listeners and for Jason and to Georgie <laughs> for um, making you read this as our Christmas special. It's not special. <laughs> Merry Christmas! Um, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an Excalibur special. miracle. It's ruined Christmas. There'll be, there'll be no turkey this year. Mojo has destroyed it. Um, yeah, it's not good. It, it just isn't good. And it's not an Excalibur book because they're practically cameos rather than like titular, titular stars. So yeah, I I apologize <laughs> immensely. Yeah, Megan, honestly, looking, she has 
one other line when they show up, but otherwise she doesn't speak after that one page where she talks to Kitty. So to be fair, all of them are Megan in this issue. Yeah, all... yeah. I mean, Rachel barely <laughs> speaks. Kurt has like one line. It's it's the X Baby show, and I have to echo Dan's sentiments by apologizing. <laughs> um, I feel bad because Excalibur has been generally the 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 book we can rely on most. And right. having Jason on, it's like, oh, great, we get to talk about some great comics, but uh, no, we get to talk about this <laughs> instead. Yeah, yeah. That, um... So if you count the fact that I was kind of thumbing through this again as we recorded, that, that, that makes two and a half times, I guess, I read this. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, never, never again. <laughs> Um, it's just, it's a mess. There's some interesting visual stuff, but even that doesn't, if you said, Hey, 1989, 15 pages of Art Adams, like that sounds pretty great. And, but even under that guy's not necessarily his best stuff. Um, there's definitely highlights visually, but I don't know if there's enough. Um, to really even make it, the the book look good, much less just how messy and problematic at times the story is. Um, yeah, it didn't really have much much positive to pull out other than just kind of random things that I laughed at. But and and to make it clear, that's not laugh with, that's laugh at. For the most part, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think maybe laughing with the the, the hammer and the tail, but um, you know, those are few and far between. Right, right. Wouldn't it have been nicer to have just read about Brian and and Kurt fixing the lighthouse? Yeah, for like fifty pages. And the hijinks that occur, like maybe a little a little gremlin shows up or something. Oh, Lockheed just gets in the way all the time, and he starts yeah. eating something. Right. Yeah. See, already it's better. <laughs> <than probably. laughs> <laughs> um, we'll have to get you on again, Jason, and this time you can pick what we read. Um, okay, so, well, maybe um, so. My, there's my favorite issue of the Cross of Time Capers is one where Nightcrawler's like a space pirate. So I don't remember what number it is, but oh, yeah. maybe when y'all get towards that one. Yeah, that's probably like I would say four at least or five three, three or four issues away. Yeah. yeah. Well, if we can schedule it, definitely we'll have you on for that because we also, we need to read some good stuff with you to make up for whatever this was. <laughs> Technically, right? it's also vengeance because we That's have read true. so much gold. <laughs> <laughs> for all those gold issues we had to read. Oh gosh, uh, yeah, until you, until you quit reading them, right? <laughs> well, yeah. we were, we were willing participants, so you know. That's true. That's true. I, I, you, you quit with my blessing to be clear to all the listeners. <laughs> so I want so. to point out, um, uh, I just kind of noticed that we get all the women in this issue sort of fall for long shot, except for Storm, who seems like immune to his charms here. So uh, what? just my one last sort of kernel of knowledge. Because she's a better character? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean Rachel's also a better character? Because she, oh, she's in a relationship, yeah. so probably she doesn't give a who. He's also a child. 
Well, but she's also, hasn't she shown herself to be, I won't say impervious, but almost aloof of men interested in her, like, just doesn't really, isn't that kind of the dynamic with the love triangle, is that Kitty's really in love with Alistair, Alistair's really in love with Rachel, and Rachel just kind of doesn't notice? (laughs) It does feel that way. Pretty much. Alright, well, that was... Go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, people wonder why Rachel seems... seem A lot of people seem to view her as, like, queer-coded. If After these Excalibur issues, it feels like she's not interested in men. No. Right? Not yeah. At all. No. So that was Mojo Mayhem. Uh, take it for what it was, or don't take it at all. Um, but uh, starting uh, next episode, we're going to be back to our regular schedule. We're going to have two uh, Exile books and one Excalibur book that's actually about Excalibur, so that'll be fun. Um, we, uh, as we mentioned up top, uh, Exiles, the new Exiles series will be ending at issue 12, and Dan and I have some sort of contingencies for when that does come up. Uh, we, we've been talking about this for a minute because... As much as we've been loving that new Exiles book, we've we've been worried about sales uh, because something that good, uh, that innovative, just was destined not to last uh, long enough. So we have some contingencies. We have another book that we're probably going to be bringing in that uh, I think will fit right in uh, in terms of art, uh, characters, and sort of craziness. I won't ask you to spoil. Can you say if it's new or old? It's old. It's both. Okay, cool. It's both. It can uh, be both. Both? Okay. Interesting. You, you've piqued my curiosity as well as the listeners. So I think if you like uh, X-Men characters... Um, who aren't X-Men. Um, anyone? Probably... <laughs> the, 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 the book has some traditional X-Men characters and some quote-unquote new characters. So um, I, I hope you all enjoy. We'll probably talk more about that uh next episode as we, we gear up for it but that'll be fun um but uh thank you all for listening uh jason where can all of our listeners find what you're doing yeah so um the podcast that goes snicked you can find it on itunes uh twitter is at snickcast where i post stuff about the podcast and also my various reading projects um it's funny, it's funny, as much as I love doing the podcast, I probably get the most response from my 60s Marvel read-through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, So you can find that there as well. Um, but yeah, uh, Twitter's probably the main place. I have a Facebook page, but not a whole lot. People don't seem to be as interested in, in doing Facebook anymore, so it's, it's a little dull. Mm-hmm. Um, other than Pat, who I love, so I, and he's he hasn't taken the plunge into Twitter yet, so he still does all my talking on there. Cool. Um, but um, yeah. So, yeah, podcasting goes snicked. Um, it's a lot of fun when we do or don't always love everything Wolverine's doing. Um, I'm, yeah. What, what, is, <laughs> what are you covering right now for Wolverine? So right now, um, on my most recent episode, talked about how kind of bored I am with Return of Wolverine, but how shockingly surprised I was at how good the first issue of Dead Man Logan was. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting. And uh, obviously, keeping up with uh, X-23's exploits, um, that's, that's another book I'm a little... 
I feel like it. I feel like it's gotten some safety out of all the accolades it's gotten the last week or so. Um, like particularly outside of the industry, like uh, Entertainment Weekly and stuff like that. People have really been been talking about how good that all new Wolverine and X twenty three have been. So I think that buys it. But you know, I think with Logan coming back, I, I'm always a little worried what's going to happen to Laura. Right. Um, but so far, it seems to be going like they might have a decent dynamic. Um, once we get through all the all the crap that has been Wolverine's return or Logan's return, which has been very very messy, but um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm going through. And the flashbacks were almost to uh, Larry Hama's epic run on the Wolverine solo series, and cool. then getting into all all of the glory and mess in his '90s X-Men. Is all that's right around the corner? Oh my so, goodness! Yeah. Yeah, I was just listening to your um, Return of Wolverine episode yesterday, uh, just maybe the first quarter of it I, I've been listening to. But it's, yeah, you know, when Wolverine, quote unquote, died, it may not have been like the greatest story, but it felt like kind of character driven and like it wasn't the world's going to explode. And so Wolverine sacrificed himself. It was you know, more <laughs> about about the character, which was right. which was nice. Right. And now. On his return, they did these like bloated minis and this return of and all this stuff. It feels like they wasted a lot of potential with. You now people love Logan, uh, even if he's not my favorite character. I, I don't dislike Logan, and it's so it's kind of you know a shame to see what they've yeah it is they've done here. Do do it we know what what's part. going on with the hot claws yet? Do we know what that is yet? No, nope. no, nope. still to be revealed. I think. A lot of chatter is that it's probably related to the Phoenix and that future Phoenix Wolverine. But you know, I'm not still I'm still I think the prevailing theory right now is that the wife beater cowboy hat Logan that we've seen in Infinity Wars and in all of those two page backups is the Phoenix Wolverine from Jason Aaron's Thor come back to the past to try to I guess intermediate. Uh, I think it's a plausible theory. I'm not sure how I 100% buy into it yet, um, but it, it, I think I think part of that is it helps with all the mental gym continuity gymnastics because his return has been such a mess. But we do have a, a another five issue miniseries, um, Wolverine Infinity Watch, where I guess Gary Dugan's going to try to clean it all up. Clean it all up, yeah. Yeah, for for lack of a better word, well, so, we, we need a miniseries to clean up all the other miniseries. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I guess at some point he'll actually just be in the books again, but <laughs> I I don't know. Well, isn't isn't he supposed to be in Uncanny? Are we seeing? Well, yeah, starting with number eleven. Yeah, so I guess we got about six weeks till that. Yeah. Oh my god. Take. Why couldn't Why couldn't they just have like a meteorite hits the planet and Cyclops and Logan are naked in the crater? And they're back. No explanation. They're just back. That's quicker than a mini series. Yeah. Wow. That's a that's the old uh, Savage Dragon Zero issue story. <laughs> <laughs> because like like Wolverine gets all these miniseries and is getting a miniseries to clear up the miniseries and probably another series after that to clear up that. And then Cyclops gets what an annual <laughs> to come back. Yeah. To, like. Could they not just have done a Wolverine annual as well? <laughs> I, I, I think with his return, the old adage, less is more, may have been beneficial. Yeah. But 
Well, it's a shame, but um, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. We've been we've been loving uh, the X23 book. Uh, it's it's a shame that Cabal's moving on to Spidey. Uh, although that'll be a, a fun book to yeah. look forward to. Yeah. Shame, shame, not a shame, because that will be awesome. Right. But uh, yeah, uh, we you know as we, we mentioned at the top, we love guesting on your show whenever you you have time for us talking X books, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It was a blast, even though the book wasn't. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So Dan, uh, you got any any parting words? Any you know where can they find us on social media? Anything else you want to shout out? Um, well, you can find us at Excalibur's One on Twitter, and that's where we have every, all the information for everything. Um, obviously, we're on iTunes, Excalibur, Stitcher, and every other thing that you can listen and plug your ears into. Um, my only word of advice to anyone that's listened to this who hasn't seen it so far is go watch Into the Spider Verse. Um, ignore X Men, ignore Excalibur for a, for a day, and just go and enjoy a pitch perfect Spider Man movie or comic book movie for that matter. I mean, it's just a great movie. Yep. Yeah, I've seen it Pretty twice much. so far. I'm gonna see it next week with my like niece and uh, uh, my nephew and nieces. But I'm really tempted after we're done recording to just be like, maybe I'll go see it one more time today. I've enjoyed <laughs> it that much. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, I hope you so, have a chance, Jason. You should uh, definitely take your kids. They'll love it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully I can sneak out with Ethan and go, go check it out. Cool. All right. So uh, thanks, everybody, and we'll be seeing you. I don't know, Dan, when are we, we going to try and sneak in another episode this month, or are we kind of finished until next year? Um, It's a holiday, Georgie. <laughs> like a, a national holiday. Um, we can try and sneak in another episode before the end of the year, but we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we shall see. Yeah, we'll um, see. If if, if we'll not see. if not uh, at the end of the year, you'll probably hear from us uh, early on uh, uh, in January. Um, so we'll look forward to talking to you all uh, then. Uh, more more details on uh, our plans moving forward, and uh, thank you so much. So see you all later. Bye bye. Bye guys.